Good morning. Uh, you're very welcome to the Drung Group Church's online uh, or telephone uh, service this morning, the, the 10th Sunday after Trinity, the 8th uh, of August. Uh, my name is Dahi Green. I'm the ministry trainee uh, here at our church and I'm still filling in for, for Nick as he's on holiday. Last week we began looking uh, through the book of Haggai, the prophet Haggai. And we were seeing that, that, that God was urging his people to, to put him first, to seek to glorify him first. And he was encouraging his people that that he is with us. He is with us as we, we work for him for his glory. And our first hymn reminds us of that, that task to, to glorify God, a task unfinished that drives us to our knees. Uh, let's sing this great hymn together. task unfinished that drives us to our knees a need that undiminished rebukes our slothful ease we who rejoice to
Our first reading is not from the book of Haggai, it's from uh, the book of Two Chronicles. We're rewinding a bit for the moment uh, to see what the temple was like before it was destroyed, before uh, the exile. So this is Two Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 1 to 3. As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. When all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped, and gave thanks to God the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, when when God's people are confronted with the fullness of his glory. It's an awesome sight indeed. And when we consider his goodness, when we consider his love that endures forever, it reminds us of our desperate need for him. Uh, as sinful, uh, helpless creatures as we are, we need to turn to him for, for help. We need to turn to him uh, in, in repentance and faith day by day. And so that's what we're going to do now. We're going to turn to, to our Lord now and ask for his help, ask for his forgiveness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate faults, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Today we know that the temple, in its role of a house to make sacrifices and to gain peace with God, has been fulfilled in our Lord Jesus. Jesus displayed his glory to us on the cross, where he made the one all-sufficient sacrifice for us to make us his people for his glory. So I can pray for us with confidence. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, open our lips and our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Let's uh, continue praising the Lord by affirming our faith in our glorious God uh, using the words uh, of the Apostles' Creed. Let's say these words together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, 
He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our second reading today is from Haggai, the book of Haggai. We're in uh, chapter 2 of Haggai. About a month after God spoke to his people through Haggai, uh, we hear this, which is recorded in chapter 2. It's chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. In the seventh month, on the twenty-first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as we come uh, to God's word, uh, let me let me pray for us and ask, ask for God's help. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, please, uh, as we come to your word, open our hearts, we pray. Open our minds to, to understand the truth in your word. Lord, please teach us and help us to know your will. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So last week we we started our our journey through Haggai and we saw uh, the rebuild restarted after heeding the warnings. God's people uh, were getting back to work. They were putting their distractions aside. They weren't putting God off anymore, and they were going to rebuild God's temple for God's glory. That symbol of God's presence, the temple, God's house, was being built up again, and they were able to do it as God stirred them up. Um, it reminded me a bit about that show uh, the great house revival i'm not sure if you've seen that before yourself it's called uh, the great house revival and the show follows people who uh, around ireland who are buying up old forgotten buildings uh, and trying to do them up to, to re restore them to their former glory kind of great buildings that would once have been pride of place in, in their local towns like fine uh, townhouses in Dublin or great country estate homes, uh, even old old castles, old buildings with great and grand histories. But when these new owners uh, get a hold of them, these houses are in bad shape. And you can see these owners are, are all keen at the beginning of the project. They're, they're ambitious, they're optimistic, they're saying everything's going to stay within budgets. But then the rebuilding process starts and it quickly becomes much more difficult than was first envisaged. It becomes much more difficult 
much more expensive. All these problems come out uh, literally out of the woodwork and it becomes very difficult. It gets to the middle of the project and they're thinking, how are we going to finish this? How are we going to finish this house restoration? And in a way, we can we can think about uh, we can think about church in that way, can't we? If we're if we're honest with ourselves, how, how is it going to get sort itself out? How is our church going to sort itself out? Uh, we're told to to make disciples of all nations to build the church, uh, and that's a hard task. And do remember about the church. It's important to remember that that the church, the people of God, that's what the church is. Us. We, we fulfill the role that the temple used to hold because as God's presence on earth was symbolized by the temple back then Jesus is present on earth by his spirit who dwells in us today God's people God's church the church us we uh, we are, are like God's presence on earth today Paul says to the the Corinthians uh, don't you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? The church is like the temple in this way. The church is God's presence on earth. We are the body of Jesus. But certainly if you read anything in the news that talks much about, say, church attendance and all those kinds of statistics, it doesn't look like the the, the church uh, building project is going that well, especially in the Western world. And it can be easy to get disheartened. Uh, is this building project of our church in vain in some way? What is this hard task uh, of standing firm in our faith and sharing the good news with others in the world? What What is this leading us to? Well, what the Lord says to us in this passage before us today in Haggai chapter 2 is going to help us. It gives us a window into the end of this great house revival of ours of of what the finished product is going to be and on the basis of God's promises God urges us to keep going without fear to keep on building the church but first we need to look back and look around I think that's the first point we'll, we'll look at look back and look around so remember last week the rebuild re-began as God stirred up his, his people uh, to work for his glory to build his presence on earth uh, and praise god they do but after a month which is when uh, this passage takes place about a month after we last heard from from god's people in haggai the excitement levels start to to drop pretty dramatically uh, i wonder if you've you had any lockdown hobbies and uh, maybe you got all the kit and you got all the things ready and it was going well for a couple of weeks but then for whatever reason, you just lose interest after some time. Um, that might be a bit like what was happening with God's people here. They were excited at one stage, but then their excitement started to wane. God knows this, and he actually draws attention to it even further. God humbles his people at this stage. He gets them to look back. Uh, if you look at verse 3 with me. God says, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? And that's what we were reading in our first reading in 2 Chronicles, when the first temple was first opened under the reign of great wise King Solomon. Uh, after Solomon prayed to God for the temple, the Lord filled it with his glory. And it was an amazing, awesome sight. Everyone 
was worshipping the Lord together. And just to, to step step out for a moment and ask, well, what, what is glory? What what does that mean? It was filled with, with God's glory. How can a house be filled with it? Uh, glory is a hard thing to define. Uh, it's it's a hard thing to, to really describe. But we do use it a lot in our Christian lives and it's important to, to know what we're talking about. Uh, it's a hard thing to describe, but, but I think we can gather from passages like this, uh, from elsewhere in the Bible, where the Holy Spirit talks to us about the glory of God, that, that his glory is the full display of who God is. So so all that he is, his holiness, his beauty, his love, his power, his might, his justice, his majesty, his wisdom, his grace, his mercy, is all shown when he displays his glory. All that is on display. When God reveals his glory, that's what people are say- seeing. And it is an awesome sight indeed to see God who for who he really is. And this temple that Solomon built uh, was one of the great wonders uh, of the world as it was filled with his glory. People from all around the world came at that time to, to, to see this great temple and they marveled at it and they marveled at the great King Solomon and they understood from that how great God must be, how great the God of that temple must be. The temple showed off God to all who, who saw it because it was displaying his glory. But then... God says, how do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Now, 70 years later, after the exile, when the temple was laid in ruins, about a month into the reconstruction project, there's none of that glory to be seen, really, at least not in the eyes of God's people. The people had done the right thing this time. They had followed God. They believed in him and followed his commands. They were seeking his glory And they were probably expecting it, maybe expecting something like what happened in the days of Solomon. But after all this effort of theirs, they don't see it. They couldn't bring the glory that they they wanted to see. And they would have found that disheartening. As they look back to the past and look around to what they see before them at their present, it doesn't seem like there's much to show. They wanted to show off God to the people around them. What was God doing? What was God doing? Well, let's look back for a moment on, on what our church was like on, on our building project. Let's look back. What was it like and how do we see it today? When we ask ourselves to look look back, we might just think of numbers, uh, how many people were there at one time. But, but I'm not sure if that's really what God was talking about. God was talking about the former glory. Was there a time when our church, uh, in our church, when we did see the glory of God in action when we heard with excitement his word preached when we saw people coming to know jesus and growing in their love for him as as god's spirit was at work do we remember those times and do we see see his glory today do do people look at us the church today and think wow their god must be amazing uh, and wouldn't that be amazing to, to see? To, it's not what we long to see God working through us, his church today, for his glory, bringing lost sinners into his family, out of death, into life as we follow his commands to make disciples and to build his church. It's important to note that that should concern us, uh, as it did concern ha- the people of Haggai's time. It con- should concern us if God is being glorified. We should be concerned 
uh, that, that God is being glorified in the life of our church, that his name is lifted up and worshipped here and, and is then proclaimed to the surrounding community. We should want to see God move amongst our, our people in this land and throughout this world. That's one thing to note about uh, as we look up, look behind and look around. But as we look back and we look around, we should also be humbled. We should be humbled as we find that we ourselves aren't able to bring the glory to God, even if, if even if it is what we want. It's our, not our hands aren't able to to do that. Uh, God doesn't display His glory on, on our own command. It doesn't work on our time. As we look back and look around, we should we should be concerned for God's glory, but we should also realize we are not able ourselves to to bring that glory ourselves. So what will the future of our churches look like? What will the future of the Christian church look like? Uh, what, what can we do to, to, to bring glory to God? What can we do to sort this? Well, God gives an answer to his, his disheartened people here in, in this passage. And this is what God tells his people to do. This is our next point. Be strong and work. Be strong and work on the basis of God's promise on the basis of God's promise look uh, with me at, at verse 4 God says yet now be strong O Zerubbabel declares the Lord be strong O Joshua son of Jehoshadak the high priest be strong all you people of the land declares the Lord work for I am with you declares the Lord according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt my spirit remains in your midst we heard last week this this command to to work uh, and uh, we were seeing that that meant for, for god's people to put him first above all things above all their their distraction to seek to glorify him with with all that they do uh, and and to and for us that that is the same thing to, to seek to glorify him in all we do and as we seek to build our church to to share god's good news of the gospel with others but the reason it is uh, slightly more developed this time that that be strong part may sound familiar from a different part of the bible and we get a clue about where that's from when when god mes- mentions that covenant of when god's people came out of egypt it's from the beginning of the book of joshua joshua the son of nun not the son of uh jehoshadak as is mentioned here in Haggai, a different Joshua from long before the time of Haggai, uh, was was tasked with with leading God's people uh, in to the promised land. Um, it was just after God made that covenant with His people that that He would be their God and they would be His people. And it was just after uh, Moses, the man of God, died. There was much uncertainty before God's people at that time. Of Joshua the son of Nun. There was a whole land to conquest ahead of them. There was a whole river Jordan ahead of them. It would have, uh, they could have well felt disheartened as the people of Haggai's day were feeling, as maybe we are feeling today in different ways. But God is saying to his people here in Haggai, you know the way I was with you back then in that time? Well, I'm with you in that way now just the same as I was with you then I'm with you now according to the covenant that I made with you it's like a husband 
uh, saying to his wife after many years of the ups and downs of marriage. It's like him saying, you know, remember our wedding day, how that felt, the promises we made to one another? Well, I still feel that same way. I still feel as sure as my, of my love for you as I did the day we declared it before all our friends and family. God was with his people as he was when he made that covenant with them. But how does that actually help? Is that uh, just like a pat on the back? Is that like just saying, go on, keep going, you can do it kind of thing? No, it's not a, a vain word like that at all because of the one who's doing the declaring here, the Lord. It's important for us to know that 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 when God says something, things actually happen. When God says something, things happen. God's promises, like the covenant he made with his people, God's promises work themselves out in real history. Of course, what did happen when Joshua uh, was tasked with leading the people out uh, uh, into the promised land? Surely the the Jordan River separated and parted uh, and God conquered the people before them uh, as they, they went through the land. It was God who did all the work. When God promised to bring his people out of Egypt, they actually did come out of Egypt. And for us today, we live under the new covenant made through our Lord Jesus. If we are feeling disheartened today, if we are afraid of what the task that lies before us, then we need to remember that covenant today, the new covenant that Jesus made with us in his blood. The day when heaven was torn open for us and the ground in Jerusalem quaked. It was that time when he confirmed for all eternity that you and I, his people in this church, through faith in him, would be his people. He would be our king. Of course, we remember that Jesus made that that promise to us, his his disciples uh, as well, as as he told uh, his people to to go out and make disciples of all the nations. What does he say? And, and, And behold, I will be with you even until the end of the age. We look back at, at God's uh, acts in history that came out of his promises and we can be sure that, that, that on the basis of those things we can work boldly with strength, with his strength. We can work at the task that he has given us. We can glorify God. We can build his church. And in a sense, it gives us no excuse to, to to not do God's work to seek to glorify him it, it it warns us not to oppose this work this is God's will for us to, to go and make disciples to build his church but it gives us confidence as well to do that we can go and make time for for getting to know God through his word through prayer we can uh, witness to our friends we can serve him with all boldness knowing that he is with us according to his covenant that he made with us in Christ. So that is what we are to do now, to to be bold, to be strong and work and continue to build his kingdom. But what about the future? What is going to happen to the church in the future? What if we're still anxious about that? What about the years ahead? Well, this is the last thing that, that God says to his people. Don't fear. You see that just at the end of verse 5. Fear not. Why? Because of what the Lord will do. Uh, I remember when when myself and my brother were very young children and we were ever being minded by our, our granny. 
uh granny would often do some like baking with us or maybe some craft it was often often baking and um myself and my brother were we were pretty impatient children of course when a child is baking uh you, you really want to get to the end so you can get the nice buns at the end you want to get those buns as soon as possible and we'd be asking you know when are they going to be ready what's the next step going to be how many eggs do more eggs do we have to beat uh we wanted the buns uh, on our own time we wanted uh to see the finished product but my granny's reply to to her impatient grandchildren was always the same she always used to say wait till you see wait till you see it wasn't uh, as quickly as myself and my brother would have wanted to see the finished product but but granny knew when they were going to be finished she could wait wait till you see this is a bit like what god says to his people there in, in verse six for thus says the lord of hosts yet once more in a little while i will shake the heavens he says yet once more in a little while things were not uh, as they they ought to, to be things were not perfect for god's people god's people wanted to see god's glory clearly fill this rebuilt house and they were anxious and they were in an anxious position in their worlds it looked like they they had a lot to fear it looked like they might never see god's house filled with glory but what god was going to shake things up in his own time uh, though they were a small colony in this uh, Persian empire, God was going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. Though, though this rebuilt house had none of the riches uh, of that it had in the days of Solomon as the, as the nations kept on stealing it from them uh, over, over that time, God would shake the nations, that they would bring their treasures in. And though they couldn't see God's glory in the rebuilt house, Though they, they weren't able to bring it in themselves, God himself was going to bring the glory. It was his doing, not theirs. God himself was going to bring the riches, the silver and the gold. It all belonged to him anyway. It's all his. God himself determined to make the glory of this house greater than the former glory. And, and God would bring that peace, that peace into that house he was going to give the peace into the house where, where god sought peace with man through animal sacrifice god was now going to give the peace for us today we know so much of of that was fulfilled 500 years after haggai when jesus came jesus being the fullness of of, of the glory of god who came and pitched his tent among man when jesus made the new covenant by his death on the cross for his people we we read that the earth earth shook and of course, God, nothing in the created universe was the same since the works of Jesus. And and to the to Jesus came the Magi, the, these nations, people from the nations, bringing their treasures to him. And of course, through Jesus, uh, all peoples can have peace with God, not just the Jews, like it was in Haggai's time. All nations can have peace with God. But for us on this side of the cross, even greater things are yet to come some of this prophecy is still yet to take place a shaking is coming god god will make his glory known once and for all in his own time i should say that for some of us that that may be a warning more more than anything the writer to the hebrews uses this verse uh from haggai in chapter 12 verse 25 of hebrews he says see that you do not refuse him who is speaking for if he if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. 
At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. For some of us, this is a warning, and let us pray that that we find ourselves unshaken in, in Christ that day, taking refuge in him. But for God's people, we, we are encouraged. There is no room for despair in this life of building Christ's kingdom here on earth on his strength. For the future of the church is so bright. At the end of the Bible in uh, the Revelation to John, in chapter 21, verses 22, uh, John says this, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and honour of the nations. The future is bright for, for God's church. God himself will bring in the glory. There's no need for us to despair uh, about our church or about the church worldwide. There's no need for us to fear the future. God himself will bring the glory. God will show himself to all peoples one day. It is God's work uh, and not ours. We need only be strong and work now as he has commanded us, knowing that he is with us. His spirit still dwells among us. His promises still stand and he is with us even until the end of the age. Amen. Well, we're going to turn to to prayer now. Uh, Let's begin our time of prayer with the prayer that our Saviour taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Let's continue in prayer. Lord, to you belongs all glory and honour and praise and thanksgiving. Lord, We pray you would forgive us for those times when we are content to to see your name derided or defied or even simply passed by. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for those times when we are led to despair in our impatience. Lord, lead us to trust you, to trust your words, to be confident in the promises that you have made to us in Christ and so to be strong, to be courageous, not to fear, but to work, stewarding faithfully all that you have put into our hands to serve you, to build your kingdom for your glory. Lord Lord God, in days of old, you did give this land the blessing of your holy church. Lord, please do not withdraw your favour from us, but correct what is amiss and supply what is lacking, that we may more, more and more bring forth fruit to your glory. And Lord, we hasten the day of Christ's return. And you will once again shake all creation. Lord, we pray that you would make us ready for that day. Come, Lord Jesus. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for our world and we pray for our land. We pray for the many people who who have lost loved ones in road traffic accidents in recent weeks. Lord, we pray that you would be near to the people suffering these losses at this time. We pray, Lord, that you would bless us with with safety on, on the roads. And Lord, we continue to pray for that you would take away this virus that has made life more difficult in so many ways. We continue to pray that this time of coronavirus would be a wake-up call to many, that hearts of many would be shaken and would be softened by your amazing love. Lord, we pray you would use this time to build your kingdom for your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, you have promised to be with us even unto the end of the age. Even so, we still live in an age of pain and suffering, of grief and sickness. Lord, we bring before you those known to us who are suffering in illness, who are carrying the weight of grief. We pray this morning for those among us who are mourning the loss of loved ones today. We pray particularly this morning for Stephen Doggett for Leon Bryady, for Olive Simmons, for Elizabeth Hudson, and the family and friends of Reverend Tom Conway. And a moment of quiet, we bring before you those known to us who, who are in need of your help. We pray, Lord, that you would attend to their needs that they would see your strength in their weakness and so would rely on you above all things. Lord, we pray that they may know you in Christ, that your spirit is in their midst even now, and so would you make this time this a time when they would be blessed to grow in their relationship with you for your glory. Lord, we pray that you would keep them from despair and that you would lead them to look beyond this present suffering and to look ahead to the glories that you have in store for the future of your people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. A collect prayer for, for this Sunday. Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions. Make them to ask such things as shall please you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we'll conclude our prayers with with the, the fourth collect for morning prayer. Heavenly Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, we humbly pray that your Holy Spirit may so guide and govern us that in all the cares and occupations of our daily life we may never forget your presence, but may remember that we are always walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, turning to our announcements, there's not much in the way of announcements. It uh, still will be a little bit uh, quieter uh, as Nick is away. Uh, do remember that uh, our next In Touch meeting uh, will be on the 26th of August. So there won't be any In Touch this coming week. It'll be 26th of August. That's a Thursday in the rectory at 3.30pm. Uh, Our final hymn speaks of those glories that await God's people. It speaks uh, of the glorious things that are spoken of Zion, city of of our God, of God's people. 
and it reminds us that that since we are members of God's city, we can let the world deride or pity as we will glory in God's name. So let's sing this hymn together. Glorious things of thee are spoken, Zion, city of our God. He whose word can ne'er be broken, formed thee for his own abode. On the rock of ages founded, what can shake thy sure repose with salvation's walls surrounded thou mayest smile at all thy foes see the streams of living waters springing from eternal love well supply thy sons and daughters and all fear of want remove who can faint while such a river ever flows their thirst to assuage grace which like the lord the giver never fails from age to age blessed inhabitants of zion washed in the redeemer's blood jesus whom their souls rely on makes them kings and priests of god Tis his love his people raises over self to reign as kings and as priests his solemn praises each for a thank offering brings. Saviour sins of Zion city I through grace a member am Let the world deride or pity I will glory in thy name Fading is the worldling's pleasure All his boasted pomp and show Solid joys and lasting treasure, none but Zion's children know. And that brings us to the end of our time together uh, for this telephone service of morning prayer. Thank you very much for, for listening in uh, and keeping in contact with us in this way. And I pray that we would as a church be strong uh, and keep on building God's church without fear remembering his promises to us so let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore Amen